<laughs> oh, I know what we can do. Amen. 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 All right. Great. Well, welcome. Welcome. Welcome again. I hope you feel welcome, because we want to be welcome. <laughs> um, today we are sort of doing a continuation and a flashback. Does that make sense? Yes. It's a continuation and a flashback of what we were doing last week. We're going to be reading in uh, Romans 4. And last week we were speaking about... About the free gifts. Right, we mentioned that tons of times. It is free, 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 free. Right? Yes. We talked about what God does, and it's a free gift, free gift for us. And the free gift is to be free from the effects. Remember that. The effects of sin, which is that shame, that guilt, that stuff that really messes with our heads and our disposition towards the world. And that freedom comes because Christ has done uh, the work. Now, what we have found was that Paul was trying to uh, speak with uh, a Romans. Uh, population he was speaking with the Greeks and the Greeks were coming and understanding that there was a real God right in their midst not all these gods that they had all these temples that they had built uh, it seemed like that experience was overtaken by an experience with the one God and they were following Christ and Paul was facing the situation of then some Jewish folks who had also believed in Jesus coming in and teaching them something different. Which is what happens, right? We, 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 we come into an understanding for ourselves. We have this experience and we start to follow. And all of a sudden then we, 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 we get sidetracked. Because we have teachers left and right, right? They're coming from all over the place. So these were teachers that were just putting back on some of the burdens that they had been freed from. So as we read last week on chapter 5, today we're, we're doing a little bit of rewind and going back to chapter 1. I mean, sorry, chapter 4. On, on Romans, and again, this this letter to the Romans is it's 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 complicated, right? It is it's it's one of these treatises treatises that that Paul writes, and it's it's all intense about proving proving people that Jesus is the one, 
And we're just going to read through these few verses here, 1 through 5. And then I probably changed the whole sermon, so... <laughs> let's, let's see how this goes. If you don't have it on your Bibles or in your telephones, uh, there's your two Bibles and the page numbers up there. Let's read them. What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does, what does scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one who without works trusts him, who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. So let's pray. Oh Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing us to this place. And thank you for uh, adjusting our clocks in our minds uh, as we get into this spring back in the real time or however we arrange that. Uh, sometimes that messes us with, messes with our internal clocks. But we're glad that we're here. We're glad that you are present with us. And I pray, Lord, that it may be you speaking to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, I had this whole litany of texts written here. I have paragraphs and paragraphs trying to make the point that Paul is trying to make. And then I read it. <laughs> And I said to myself, what in the world are you trying to do? You see, Paul is working with folks that are just like you and me. And true, none of us are Greeks, are we? No. Right? None of us are Jews, are we? So what happens when we read this letter is that we're trying to identify ourselves and we can't put ourselves in there. And last week we, we, we spoke about this issue of sin. And we did an exercise. You remember that, right? We replaced the term sin with what? Shame. Shame. Why? Why? God bless you. <laughs> Why? Why do we do that? Yeah, because sin is that bad word, right? Sin is that thing that nobody wants to be identified with. Sin is that thing that I don't want to hear you telling me that I am sinful. Right? And then when we hear that term, we immediately go to, okay, what did he do? Right? I should say, what did she do? But no, we clarified that last week. We we went right right into the bottom of the matter. It was not Eve, right? It wasn't Eve. 
The, the, the one that is blamed uh, was Adam. <laughs> right? we, we, I think we, did, we went over that. Right? But what happened immediately after this event in the Garden of Eden was that shame came into the world. And that is what most of us deal with. And I said most of us, you know that it's all of us. Because we journey through our lives and we're trying to see how is it that we can have a relationship with God. Even if we don't know it. That's the interesting part. Is that there's a yearning inside of us but we don't know what it is. Sometimes if we've been raised in church, maybe we have a notion, we have an idea, right? Because we have heard about this Jesus Christ, right? And if we have not been raised in church, we have no clue. But still, there's this thing calling us. And this, there's this, right? There's conversations around us. And I, I don't believe in God. Why? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but... But we have these things. But still there is something inside of us that is trying to get back home. Right? I call it the anxiety of life. I've mentioned that before. And how do we deal with that? And this is the, exactly the point that I think is being made here in this letter. Is that God has provided for you and for me. And the way that he has provided really doesn't make sense. So we don't get it. We don't understand it. But we already know that understanding is... Get what? What? Overrated. Overrated. Right? <laughs> we think that if we understood things, we would really get there. But the matter of fact is that we don't understand a lot of things. So here is Paul trying to make the point. How, how, trying to, to, to bring these believers... These folks who have heard this message of love from Jesus Christ, which has been presented to them in, in, in a way that they have accepted it. If Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, I want to follow Him. And obviously something has happened in their lives because they are following, right? They are following this Jesus and they are gathering together and they're coming together and worshiping God and experiencing that in their lives hello Amen. because I tell you if I have to do something just to do it I get bored right I get bored if I have to do something just because it's a thing to do I will get bored but if I have to do something because there is a yearning in my heart and there is a motivation that comes from outside of me that says this is where life is, then I'm going to follow that. Because that is saturating my, my thirst. So here's Paul. And he's working with them and he tells them that there is a free gift of God. Why would he be saying that? Well, the Jews were trying to insert these other things. Well, as if you wear a tie on Sundays, right? <laughs> then you can come into the door. Right? How many of you have wore a tie here lately? <laughs> then you're all down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that includes me, right? 
but, but you see what I'm saying is that sometimes we want to do the same thing. We take forms from the culture and we sort of want to impose them in what we have believed. Whether it is your attire or whether it is your belief. How many times have we said or have we seen uh, uh, statements of faith that are assumed to be adhered to? <laughs> right? I, I used to be in a Methodist church, and the Methodist church has a book called the Book of Discipline. Right? And that is the law for the, for, for the Methodist church. And guess what? Everybody assumes that everybody knows, and nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody reads that thing. Right? But the assumption is that you are in agreement with these things. The fact is that we don't necessarily agree. But there's still something that is calling us to follow. So Paul is speaking and he needs to bring out what is the value of that identity for the Jews. And he's actually using that value to make a point. And in essence, the Jews are saying to these Greeks, well, if you want to be a true believer, then you must wear the things that we wear. In essence, right? Circumcision becomes that thing, right, that says you're identified now. So Paul has to bring up the figure of Abraham. And notice that in this short statement, Paul is speaking about justification, right? Yes. Justification. Now, anybody can tell me what that term implies. True. Anything else? Fairness. Hmm? Fairness. Justice. <laughs> right? Justification means justice. I mean, you might think it's right. Yeah, what is right. There you go. Right. Justification is being made right. In other words, righteousness. Right? So we have these terms that we've heard from this letter. Righteousness, justification, right? And it all comes down to that sense of being right, but not being right in your opinion. <laughs> right? Because what being right in our opinion today means that I know what the truth is and you don't. Therefore you're lost. So this is the point that actually Paul is making. Listen, there is only one way to be made right. And you, Jews, right? You are advertising the wrong thing. So he says, and let's go back to our father. Right? The one, Abraham. The one that believed God. Right? right? The one that believed God. Now, imagine Rubencito. Okay? Imagine Rubencito being, and that's me, by the way, right? 
imagine Rubencito being in a mountain in Puerto Rico and hearing a voice that says to Rubencito, I have a place for you. And I have a promise for you. What would Rubencito do? Run. Run. <laughs> Rubencito will be freaked out. Rubencito will be saying, am I okay? What is this? And that's exactly what happened to Abraham. Abraham hears this voice that says, I have a promise for you and the future. And guess what Abraham did? He said, okay. I can dig. That's seven days speak, right? <laughs> I can relate. I will follow you. And Abraham takes everything that he has and follows this God. So, in verse 2, Paul says, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. So, we get to this point, he says, okay, what did Abraham do to gain God's favor? And it's hard to come with answers. <laughs> because the only thing, right, the only thing that we are told, that we are, 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 are said, that he says that he did, was he believed, therefore, he believed, therefore he followed. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right? Now, this thing about belief, it's so interesting because when we hear of belief, we stop right there. Okay? And we come up with the assumptions of what is it that we need to believe. Uh, do we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Amen. Amen. All right? Do we believe that God is up in heaven? Amen. 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 Do we believe that we have salvation? Amen. 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 And then, what do we do? We, 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 we come to church and we sit. In church. Right? And that's enough. Because we believe, right? And that's what the Bible says. <laughs> See, when you believe these tenets, these things, that has implications. Right? Because if you believe that Jesus is the one that has done the work for you, then that means that there is a relationship a connection with this Jesus Christ. And if there's this connection with Jesus Christ, that means that for us, for every one of us, there has to be some expectations in that connection. Now these Jews were coming in saying, and says, no, 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 come on, wait a minute, time out. If you believe in Jesus, now you need the certificate. Right? <laughs> You need to gain a certificate. That means that you need to do these things so that then you can get that certificate stamped. Basically, that was what they were saying. And once you get that certificate, then we're, we're cool. 
And you know what? Denominations and even the, the, the church today, all over the place, are doing the same thing. And I wonder why? Why? Why is it that we want to impose then all the requirements rather than let Jesus do that? Well, we're reading in context of what's really happening. You see, I'm trying to, I have like three pages worth of this stuff. I'm trying to make it simple. The bottom line, the issue is, how do we get get right with God? Right? Bottom line. How do we get right with God? In chapter 3, verse 9, he states, What then? Are we, the Jews, any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one who is righteous, not even one. There is no one who has understanding. There is no one who seeks God. Period. So, Paul is basically saying, Hey people, we are all in the same boat. It doesn't matter how you consider yourself, how smart you are. It doesn't matter how knowledgeable you are. We're all in the same boat because we all miss the mark. Now, some of us may be very blatant about it, right? Some of us may be in your face about it. Some of us may not even care. But the fact remains that this is an issue that covers all of us. Therefore, who am I to say that I'm better than you? That I got something that you ain't got because I checked the box in a piece of paper somewhere. So, you know, I went through all this. Again, I had all these paragraphs written down, all this logic laid out, hoping that you would see it. And then I said, what in the world am I doing? So, I cannot really convince you. Nor can I explain to you the fullness of what all that means. I can probably pick some low-hanging fruit. Right? And share it with you. But it all comes down to this. You remember these verses in John 3. For God so 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 what? Interesting. For God so loved the world. And that's John 3 16, right? Here, 17. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world 
to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved through him. And then this is the judgment. <laughs> I don't like those words. I don't like justices. I don't like judges. But check it out. This is judgment. That the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because of their deeds were evil. So the deeds are not necessarily what make you. But the deeds are a reflection of where your love pattern is. Hello? Amen. You follow with me? Amen. The deeds are not necessarily what make you, but the deeds are the reflection. A reflection, the effects of where your love is, what your focus is. Verse 20 continues. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. And the reason why I'm coming here is this. When we left last week, Sunday after the sermon, when I was announcing that grace was free, right? And we have salvation, we have relationship with God, and it's free. My wife got a hold of my ear <laughs> and said, Yeah, that means that we can do whatever we want. <laughs> it's free, isn't it? And if it's free, then that means we ain't got to really pay any attention, right? That means that what are we doing then? Why are we messing with this? Hey, it's a free gift. And I said, you, right, right, right. I guess I missed something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that the gift is for everybody. <laughs> Not only that, it's not the, it doesn't mean that the gift has really gotten to us. Yesterday, well, what did we do, David? Handed out turkeys. We are handed out turkeys here in the parking lot. There's a gentleman that knows another gentleman that knows some people from the church that we got connected with, and all of a sudden, there's 500 turkeys here, and we were allotted 250 of them. I had counted about 100. So what do we do? <laughs> I was scratching my head. What in the world are we going to do to hand out these gifts? Scott and David and I were spreading out some sheets, flyers all over the place around here. It says, please come. There is free, free turkeys. Right? And then there's a group of men that shows up and they start to 
turn around and say, okay, we got free turkeys. What in the world do we do with them? <laughs> so Keenan comes up to the corner and writes free turkeys on a, on a cardboard. And, and another fella takes another cardboard and says, free turkeys. We put it in front of the truck. And then these other men start going door to door. He says, we have free turkeys. Guess what? Oh, wow. Let it out. <laughs> so, so guess, guess what? Some people decided to come and got, got not one, but two free turkeys. Some people not, didn't get two. They got four. Because they have an aunt, and they have a sister, and they have this, and they have that. And we have all these turkeys. And we go out to where the, uh, the shopping center over here and, and, and Tent and Sheridan is and, 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 the, and we stand out with, with cardboard, right? Free turkeys! And I'm here putting a turkey up. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is the fact that it's free doesn't mean that everybody gets it. Right? Not everybody wants it. Or that anybody's interested. Very many people just went right by. They didn't care. One of the fellows that was with me says, now I understand how, what it means to sit here with a piece of cardboard with some lettering on it. You know what I mean, right? <clears throat> free. A free gift doesn't mean that everybody gets it. You can promote it. You can say, hey, this is available. And, and, and most of the people that were, uh, uh, you know, they were a little hesitant. <laughs> they didn't open the window immediately. They would, <laughs> would peek out. Somebody said, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> right, because that's exactly what we do, isn't it? Right? They were saying, hmm. I wonder if there's something wrong with them. Maybe where they were leftovers from whoever knows, who knows when. You know, and there's all these thoughts, there's all these buts, 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 all these barriers that we put to the free gift. And then the other question is, what do we have to do about it? What do we have to do to get it? Do I have to sign something? Do I have to put my name in a piece of paper? Do I have to give you my email address, right? The marketing thing, right? What do I have to do? Nothing. Nothing. We got rid of 285 turkeys yesterday. How many people would say yes to Jesus? If we said, you know all the burdens that you're dealing with. You know all the struggles that you're dealing with. You know all the barriers that you find in life. God knows them. And God has done something for you that will give you peace throughout all this mess of our existence and our experience. And it's free. It's free. So what does that mean, right? 
Well, what it means is this. God offers us a true relationship. He all, all He wants is our lives. All He wants is that we love God back. Because love is the one that is going to really make the difference. For God, what? So, what? So, love the world. For God so loved the world. So, if we love God, because we accept that free gift for us, then what is it that we want to do for this one we love? Do we want to ignore this God? Do we want to put him aside during the week and then pay attention to him? I don't think my wife would allow that. <laughs> right? Do we want to put you know, this God in a shelf where God will be just very nice and we every so often we will come and visit and say hi. Do we want to keep God in a book? Oops. Sorry. Got excited. <laughs> Do we want to keep God in a book? Right? You know, there's folks who, me included, that have a Bible open. It's like a talisman there, you know. We want to put God in a book. Well, do we really want to engage in relationship with this God who has given everything so that we could have relationship with Him? People love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They didn't want to get exposed. There was shame and guilt. And that's exactly what God provided for us. Freedom from the shame and the guilt so that we could have a relationship and it's a true and real relationship which is God that created us loves everything about us the one that has set us together put all these pieces together all our little gifts and all our abilities he is in love with each and every one of y'all We are the one that makes differences, right? Well, no, you're a Greek. No, you're a Jew. No, you're a Puerto Rican. No, you're a Southerner. No, you're an Easterner. No, you're from California. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're this color, another color. Why do we do that? I will conclude with this. My aha moment, again, within this short conversation that I had with, with Judith, is that relationships are complicated. Right? Relationships are not just about one thing. We want to simplify 
relationships. We want to make it as simple as possible so that we don't have to make much effort. Right? And that's why the relationship that we're talking about is a love relationship and not a relationship that we engage in with certificates. With legal documents. You're following me? This is not about marking some boxes and saying, okay, I'm in. This is a love relationship. And our love relationship requires what? Love. Love. And if this one who has loved us has accepted us, even with all our deeds, with all the things that we've done and that we're going to do in the future, and said, you are my beloved daughter, or you are my beloved son, what do we give back? Last point, I'm done. There's a song of, it's not one that we're going to sing, but this artist that we heard a couple of years ago uh, in a conference here. He has a song about this daughter. His first daughter, obviously, firstborn. And he says, something happened when you were born. I understood love. Because there's no way to explain it. When I saw you, I got it. And I'm saying, wow. You know, it's sort of the same experience I had with my daughter. It's the same experience that most people who have children have. You cannot explain it. But you would give your life. You're not weird. But we would give our lives for this little bundle and all of a sudden we do everything we can for them and all of a sudden we are engaged and connected that's love and that relationship imagine if we could have that relationship not only with this God but with ourselves with others around us with compassion and care concern and yes a hand of, to help would be the way that we express it to others I think our, lo- our world would be a lot different um, as we get ready to, to sing this song let's, why don't we pray Dear Lord, uh, here we are once again to find ourselves in this place looking to you and sometimes we have difficulty because sometimes we don't find ourselves as worthy sometimes we don't see ourselves as valuable And sometimes we don't really even care. 
But because you have done this part on, on your behalf, and you have been faithful throughout, we have an opportunity. And we are invited to come to you to share life, and life as it's called, life abundant. Life that goes beyond just the norm, the daily and the, and, and the mundane. But a life where we are built up, healed, mended. So that we, as a people, can build your kingdom. And I pray that each one of us, as we continue this journey, we will be blessed by you and learn through this journey of faith. In Jesus we pray. Amen.